live right we're good to go we are live Action. jackson what's going on it's uh, mark and steve your resident uh podcast inventors and just continue to carry the platform into 2021 and and probably beyond uh, just i don't think i i don't think that's uh i don't i, I feel like i'm still being humble there and, <laughs> and uh yeah uh, how's it going man uh, uh, it's going oh, i was gonna say happy new year again but it's like <laughs> man it's literally almost february so is there a statute of limitations for you when with saying uh, happy new year? yeah um you know there's variables like uh, closeness of friend and things like that like last week i think that we uh, exchanged those pleasantries and if we weren't such close friends I would have said that was too far gone it's um, you know everybody knows it's 2021 now but I think that was our first time talking so obviously whether we talk in January or like November first time I talk it's Happy New Year yeah I mean I'm gonna say Happy New Year right up until June 17th June 17th why not That's your, you have a firm a firm date. Is that a date of significance? No, no. It's just that, you know, I've decided here now, live. That's how things happen on this podcast, Mark. Yeah, we I like decisions it. And we stick to it. Yeah, I no, like I, it. I, I, I've had uh, colleagues, um, you know, in various meetings from the new year till now, come up, that question comes up all the time. Like, is it too? Is it too, you know, too late to say, can we continue saying it? Like, I just, whatever. I mean. Now the question has become annoying, maybe. I say we just cancel New Year's altogether. Someone's going to get offended by it. Stop um, believing in time, man. Like uh, time is a human construct. It really only exists because we say it does. This time next year, there's going to be no time. That's whoa. That's meta. <laughs> <laughs> That's meta. What are we going to talk about this week? I think, did we have a crackpot idea just before, literally before we came on air? Yeah. Why don't you share the, the idea, Mark? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I thought that just across the board, uh, it, I don't know. Remember Trivial Pursuit? Like I, I do. I, my parents had a variation of that game of some kind and I just remember it being good. Like maybe that's why I'm so into trivia. And like, I, I know you're into trivia too. Right. And I think, geez, even the people in our close circles are all into trivia. Um, was it so Parker brothers or was it Hasbro? Oh, I don't know. I don't know the board game. Um, Monopoly. Oh, wait. <laughs> I think Monopoly was definitely Parker Brothers. I think no, right? it's it's Hasbro. It's Hasbro. Monopoly? Uh, no, no, no. Trivial Pursuit. Oh, Trivial Pursuit. Okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, uh, those, those little trivia cards, right? They have different. Uh, I think there's five or six different categories on each card. Each um, category has a question, and then obviously you flip it out and the answers on the other. So I thought, hey, we probably right now during lockdown probably watch enough, read enough. Uh, consume enough sports, uh, partake in enough leisure, uh, geography is easily tied in, and we can probably hit all these categories uh, in a tidy probably 45 to 60 minutes. Every I like week. it. Or, we won't tie it to that, but, uh, you know, just talk about what's in our atmosphere, what we're absorbing and what we're watching, listening, reading, playing, mad about, happy about. This like, I, I feel at this point, Fuck, too. That was we, long. Sorry, we, I got to verbal don't, diarrhea. Today. Don't worry Maybe about that's it. that's good for a podcast. It, it can be. It's, a, it's been known to be good. Um, <laughs> could you imagine doing a podcast where it was just one-worded, you know, sentences and answers and <laughs> just how boring that would be? No, it's... um. Uh, and now I lost my complete train of thought. No, I, I figure that we need to have the obligatory baseball chat, too. 
a lot of things. Well, that will happen. tie in with the sports and leisure. I would. Hundred percent. Yeah. You want to so start why, there? So why don't we start there, and we will, uh, when we come back, we will start with baseball and see where the wind blows. Now, we need to come up with a, a name for this segment, the obligatory baseball se- segment, as I referred to it just moments ago. So maybe that can be some homework yeah. for our interns. Yeah, they're running out of things to do, too, like all of us. Um, crazy, crazy week of baseball. Um, some highs, some lows, some question marks, some head scratchers. Uh, but the very first thing I'd like to do is to mention that uh, with very sad news, Hammering Hank, uh, the hammer, the, in my opinion, the true home run king. Uh, oh, absolutely. Passed away. Um, I believe it was from natural causes. Um, yeah, in his sleep, I think. Fact, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, played for the Braves, uh, m- well known for the Braves, finished with 755 home runs. Um, widely regarded as one of the most um, stand up, respected um, players to ever ever put on a jersey play the sport um yeah very sad news hank aaron i um i didn't know that he was dealing with health issues or if it was um as your to your point he wasn't sleep but i tell you if um if it's uh, if there's one way to go i think that's probably the best way then it's just peacefully and you know yeah hammering I, hank that's uh yeah, uh, it's fu- well, not funny, obviously, but it's point. Like the last time I saw him, and hope this doesn't stir up the crazy anti-vaxxers, but he was literally getting the COVID vaccine like a few weeks ago, and it was like in a campaign to get more, um, you know, people of color to to get the vaccine and to you know go and you know be be for it and things like that. So uh, obviously, just a coincidence, but. Um, yeah, he was in good health. Uh, it was just, yeah, one of those things. Um, something, yeah, it, it's going to open a whole other floodgate of conversations that I want to talk about beyond baseball and beyond Hank Aaron. That's, he, whole, um, that's a whole other podcast. So he played 22 seasons, which um, is remarkable. Oh, more than that, I think, right? Like 25. Well, his, his first ML, MLD, MLB debut, pardon me, was uh, for the Braves when they were still in Milwaukee in 1954. And his last MLB appearance was in 1976, finishing with the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, But it it amazes me when, um, you know, in this day and age, athletes are, have easy access to the top notch physiotherapists and, and, um, you know, nutritional um, advisors and and supplements and legally. Anything they want. You really, yeah, like to finally yeah. tune their body. And it's very rare that you will see a player um, play 22 seasons, um, especially when you compare it to someone like Hank Aaron when it, during the time frame when he was playing, it was very limited. I bet you some of the ball players um, smoked and drank, and, you know, probably during the game, let alone, you know, in between games. 
but he finished his career his his batting average was 305 finished with just under 3800 hits 755 home runs as Which, i mentioned can, can, can we stop just can we pay some homage to that batting like to play that long and hit 300 is unbelievable yeah it's not like he was taking you know like the last couple of years off and he was like to i think the um and the sorry i'll let you go on no no go ahead i just wanted to 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 like i thought that was so impressive to, to play that many seasons and hit 300 that's unbelievable yeah. but yeah. the other thing that stood out to me was that if you took away every single one of his home runs he would still have 3,000 hits which yeah. also blew my mind sorry didn't mean no that. no no it's um one season and that's the thing to your point he was consistent with his hitting the highest season um the highest hit season he ever had was in 59 where he had 223 and then he um eclipsed 200 uh, in only two more seasons um never had more than 50 home runs which is crazy never had more than 50 home runs his highest total was 44 and he hit that four times uh, sorry 47 um and then 44 but just consistency across the board um yeah absolutely and it just goes to um, it just further validates the point that these this is the type of player that you probably wanted your you know son or daughter to look up to and emulate um, uh, growing up and um, 25 time all-star uh, I which surprised me if he played 22 seasons how is he an all-star 25 times well they counted the, he played in the Negro leagues right like that's oh, how, okay that's how okay long he played and, and they they acknowledge those stats now so that's okay yeah okay uh, um, Baseball numbers, obviously 44 is retired. Um, he led the NL in RBIs, NL in home runs, batting averages, obviously, as we talked about. Um, he won the MVP in 1957 uh, and was a champion that same year um, in 1957. So 57 seems to be that year that it really just all clicked together for him. If I'm quickly looking at his stats, 44 home runs, 130, 132 RBIs, um, 57 walks, a 322 batting average. Um, 118 runs, like just all around um, amazing season for him. I like that he was, I'm going to say a couple of contradictory things, but the thing, and I don't like, I have to read or, or just read up on, on some Hank Aaron. Like obviously as a baseball geek, I, I know about Hank Aaron is mm -hmm. the game and everything, but um, he always like, I think it was Obama that came out in his statement, like after uh, Hank Aaron passed away last week and uh, said something that I stood out to me and I realized that I actually like, it's a quality I like in people. And that's, he called uh, Hank Aaron an un unassuming leader and uh, someone who led by example. And I, and I like that unassumptive quality in people. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not gonna tell you who they are. Uh, you can figure that out uh, on your own. And actually uh, a reporter, I think from The Athletic also tweeted that day, uh, said that he was at the Hall of Fame ceremony a few years ago and there was an empty seat beside him uh, during one of the speeches and someone tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, do you mind if I take this seat? Anybody sitting here? And it was Hank Aaron and like this guy was just dumbfounded and didn't really know how to respond or what to mm -hmm. say. And uh, he's like, yeah, geez, of course. And so he spent 15 minutes just sitting there chatting with Hank Aaron, which I, I, I like, uh, I'm sure that was, you know, the highlight of that guy's life. Um, 15 just, minutes that he'll never forget. That kind of that kind of leader has just always been attracted, attractive to me. You know, that unassumptive person that leads by example, doesn't go in and, you know, smash things in the room or, 
you know, maybe even raise his voice in the room, but he, he goes out on the field and leads by example. And yeah. the one quote I love from Hank Aaron, and, you know, I think sometimes today that sports, not just baseball, but certainly baseball specifically, um, the little intricacies and the minutia of hitting and pitching and, you know, all this video and, you know, all these analytics and things but hank aaron said you know i looked for one pitch my whole career the off speed pitch because i knew they couldn't sneak a fastball by me and maybe that's how simple hitting is maybe everything is so over thought these days um you know this is pure conjecture but i mean if hank aaron said it and hit 300 for 25 seasons and you know hit 755 home runs then you must have been doing something right just pitch that pick that pitch and just stick to it search for it oh man um, yeah, so yeah, Hank Aaron, uh, huge loss, 86 years old. Um, you know, I did not have the opportunity to see him. Neither of us didn't have the opportunity of seeing him play um, real time, but obviously highlights are a great thing and um, very good for the game. And yes, rest in peace, Hank Aaron. Um, a few other moves in, well, a few. One is official um, and a few other moves. Where do you want to pivot to next? You want to talk about, just talk about George Springer, get that out of the way so I can... <laughs> You know, well, yours, come to peace with it yours is a unique perspective i would think but yeah obviously hey uh, uh george springer signing with the toronto blue jays the jays get their man uh that happened between our last podcast and this one so steve is an astros fan steve your thoughts and I, also a jays fan as well yes right? like yes so astros are my favorite team yeah, I'd say 1A, 1B. Uh, the only time I wouldn't cheer for the Jays is if they were playing the Astros, let's put it that Now, way. that was easier when the Astros were still in the National League, obviously. Uh, yeah, a lot easier. Which um, wasn't that long ago. But it's a bit of a trade-off, too, right? Now now they'll, you know, they don't come to Toronto all that often, close to home, but now mm. they will come closer because they're in the AL, which I think is coming up to, I want to say at least 10 years now, which is crazy. But um, I digress. I have never been more conflicted. I know I mentioned this to you before, but I've never been more conflicted with a free agent signing in any sport in my entire life on one hand. Um, I'm upset that he left the Astros. I kind of knew that it was going to happen, um, just given, you know, the the constraints that they have with their budget and who's upcoming in free agency and who they're tied to and whatnot financially. So I kind of knew that that was going to happen. Um, so it was sad, but then I think to myself, if there was any place I would want him to play that wasn't Houston, then it would definitely be Toronto. Um, I watched probably just as many Toronto games as I do Astros games. So at least now I'll still be able to see him play regularly. And I think, um, he's exactly what that team needs he needs stability in the outfield he needs um, speed and power to start off the lineup he um, brings that winning pedigree he brings that experience you know he's fourth all time in postseason home runs so if they do happen to make the postseason next year or within the six years that he's on the team that's going to be a wealth of experience that he brings to those young players Um, he's never now i say this understanding that the 2017 scandal was there but he in my opinion was always a you know put his head down did his work um didn't do a lot of interviews he was very quiet and to me that just shows that he was focused now some would argue and say well he participated in that scandal and um you know he didn't speak up maybe perhaps like he should have but when you look at the backtrack man he did i think that's why he's a bit 
you know, not in the same vein as like the Bregmans and the Altuves and the Correas because he held court like the first day of spring training for 90 minutes. Yeah. And he kind of took like the Andy Pettit route, right? Like he got out in front of it and admitted it. And he he faced the music and took the medicine and he wasn't one of those guys with the kind of sniffish sound bites. Uh, even going right up to the owner, like that dumb press conference that Jim Crane did with Bregman yeah. and uh, Altuve, I think. Well, and I think that's it. It just looks, he looked most sincere out of all of it. Um, yeah, and I think that he was, like, by all accounts, he's a really good dude. Yeah. And his family are, are, are all seem to have, like, good reputations. And, like, I think he was, like, maybe by subconscious or conscious he, he smartly distanced himself in the right way yeah um but he went about it the right way too because uh, that day uh, he signed uh, a lot of the toronto stations were getting uh, astros beat writers on the on the horn and on their shows trying to get you know their opinion and they all said like you know if because the question was like why is he not held over the coals like these other guys because he did like uh, he was part of it yep um, yep he was there thing and um, and one would say that the focus might even be more on him because he won the world uh, the MVP that that postseason. Right. Yeah. Right. But so, all those all those reporters they all said you know if you if you knew him and you knew the guy you wouldn't ask that like because that's just who he is so he's going to do the right thing uh, whether that's the hard thing or not he's going to do it so I think that that is uh, man that speaks that's that that makes that signing even better to me right yeah. um, because you're going to attract better players, better free agents, but also the right kind of guys too, that uh, I think you need to, to, to win. So, uh, sorry, I cut you off again, but um, yeah, I think like I wanted to give him credit for getting out in front of that because I think that that makes a difference, right? Like Pennant kind of got, Pennant got exonerated at the time with HGH, right? He came out yep. and said, hey, I took it. I thought it was going to get me back from injury sooner. Unlike and, Palmero. Well, and Roger Clemens, who's Roger still Clemens. fighting it. He's yeah. still like, still, living this lie like he must be exhausted mm -hmm. there's just this ingrained machismo that he thinks he has to still like don't admit that you're vulnerable or wrong or fallible or anything but uh yeah kudos to guys like springer i appreciate that no i do and uh i might legitimately now buy um a jay's jersey with his number on the back oh nice there you go yeah yeah Ooh, the last I time um well i'm kind of hoping that he'll no, I'm just drawing a blank at number, what number you played or he had 12. 12. He can't wear yeah, that. Thank you. No, he can't wear that. Um, perhaps maybe, f I don't know, 15. Now you're, you're kind of catching me off guard with the numbers. I, <laughs> I can't right. think, but 99. Let's just go with 99. He's like, oh, wow. Fuck it. I'm going. No, right. You is 99. Oh, right. You're, 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 you're batting a that. You're batting zero on the numbers. Oh, what about LB? Okay. What about LBG 66? No? Yeah, 66 would work. I think the fans want that retired because Kawasaki for it, but yeah. I'm not well, a I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give up um, guessing <laughs> numbers then. But I wanna say so for those listening, um, Mark and I and two other buddies of ours are in this this messenger group. And I don't know if, if you picked up on this, but I mentioned it in the in the group last night. It seems like whatever name we mention <laughs> in that group as right. like, you know, being considered or, or you know, talks heating up. <laughs> They end up the next day, and this is true, within 24 hours, signing with another team. Brad Hand, I think, was uh, yep. was uh, the latest victim of our um, precognitive skills. 
Well, it went, bra- it went back to Brantley on that. Uh, and on Brantley? Side. Yep. Yeah, it was Brantley. And I think it's me. I'm jinxing everybody. Um, there was one more that I forgot, but at any rate, um, yeah. Brad Hand signs a one-year deal with Nationals, which I think is oh, good. Oh, Jameson, Jameson Tyon. We, we also oh, did. yes. Yes, Tyon. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes and um, signs with the Yankees. So really quickly, we have uh, Brad Brad Hand signing one year, 10.5 mil with the Nationals. Uh, James Tyon was traded for four prospects to the Yankees. Um, Brantley re-signed with the Houston Astros for the same dollar amount that they had originally signed, uh, signed him to two years ago, or I guess three seasons ago. Um, I'm a bit surprised at, um, no, actually, no, let me rephrase that. Um, we had talked about how the Jays really need to focus on, uh, starting pitching now, um, you know, one, two, three starter, and they still do, but I think it's even more, um, it should be even more of a focus now with, um, with Tyon going to the Yankees and, um, Kluber going to the Yankees. I think they need to keep up and I think they need to sign someone. So whether that's, I mean, do not mention Bauer in our message group um, or because <laughs> then the next day they'll end up signing somewhere else. But I think they need to go after one of those two, one of those two uh, for sure. I've talked, I've thought myself into Trevor Bauer. Um, okay. So I won't say it in the group, but we'll jinx the hell out of him here by, by mentioning You're in a safe place right now. <laughs> okay, good. Good trust. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm all in on Bauer. I, I thought it was a bit of a pipe dream at the at the outset of free agency, but I just, I don't know, something keeps, my spidey senses are tangling and that doesn't mean a goddamn thing, but... Uh, what, can, you pin, can you pinpoint it on anything specifically? Uh, just kind of how the market's playing out. I feel like the longer it goes, the more... Well, and just the fact that, you know, I think the Jays are a more attractive sign now because of the Springer signing. I think yeah. that... Uh, Bauer and the, looks and the at young that. core they have. Yeah, Bauer looks at that and, you know, Bauer can be the guy up here. I mean, he's a polarizing figure. He's got a bit of a checkered past with like some social media bullying and stuff like that. And he's been pretty unapologetic about it. Um, but he's also, I mean, probably the best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's a fit, like personality-wise. But man, from a baseball standpoint, I really want it to happen. Yeah, maybe he. But he's also there's been talk about him taking that, you know, that bridge deal. I guess if you want to call mm-hmm. it that, like a one-two-year contract, and just move on to the next suitor. Uh, he is a very, he's a very ostentatious guy. Like he likes the limelight. He likes the things to be about him. So I, he's going to want to, I think, break the record in terms of like the annual average. Go, so Go beat Cole's record from last year. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like if the Jays want him, it's going to have to be like one year or at 40 million bucks or two years maybe at 40. Like he might break 40 bucks if he signs here, which when I say that out loud, it makes me think it, it won't happen. But um, I don't know. I'd love that. Again, it's a, it's a safe place. You can... You can have you, you can you can speak without worrying about jinxing it, or maybe you will jinx it. Who knows? I guess this will be the litmus test if it really does come down to you or not. If That's he signs, right. If he signs tomorrow, I know who to blame. You'll have to tune in next week to find him. So I think we, um, you know, going back going back for a minute, touching on the trivial pursuit uh, angle that we're mm-hmm. trying to take for this episode, and perhaps every episode moving forward. Uh, we've touched on geography, I want to say, uh, sports, obviously, and that leaves us. Uh, yeah, well, we we talked about you know Houston and Toronto and. <laughs> well, yes, markets. those teams are in those cities. <laughs> so we did talk about different 
cities oh, in yeah. North America. That could be a stretch. Um, we talked a bit. We'll about, it, we talked a bit about history, um, <laughs> thanks to hammering Hank. Um, so I think we're That's pretty fair. good. That's are there, fair. Are there any um, any other baseball topics that you? Um, uh, well, yeah, I'll tie one in with. Uh, and I know that it will probably be another segment, but um, it's a baseball related. Well, a couple documentary recommendations, and they're both on, both on HBO slash Crave and both sports Ooh. related. The Tiger Woods one, obviously, which is a two-parter, which is very, very good. Who? Uh, Tiger Woods? Did you say who? Yeah. Oh, uh, he was, well, still is a golfer. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, just Google him. Something should come up. Perfect. Um, Not Tiger King, anyways, right? You're talking about Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Woods. Sorry, I'm um, cutting in there, left or right. But I also watched just uh, on a whim yesterday. It's another HBO one. It's called Under the, Under the Grapefruit Tree, and it is a CC Sabathia documentary, which oh, very very good. And it made me, it has turned me into a CC Sabathia fan. That guy's a really good dude, uh, a really good person, and uh, I highly recommend watching that as well. Yeah. So I think it might be the same. I'm very intrigued by that documentary too, because I think he's been sober now for five years, I want to say. Um, yeah, something like is that. This, yeah. Is this Under the Grapefruit Tree? Is it a newer documentary? Yeah. Like, okay, oh, yeah. so yeah. it talks about his battle with alcoholism. Does it talk oh, yeah. about the fight that he had in Toronto as well? Yep. And that kind of being rock bottom? Yep. Oh, wow. All okay. of that stuff. Okay. Yep. Highly recommend it. And is it a, uh, is it just like a one, two hour documentary, like uh, yep. one and done or? Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Stand alone. I, lists. I uh, am definitely, I might actually, you know what, to be honest, I might watch it tonight. Um, once Jay goes to bed, I've always, um, I've always been intrigued by CC Sabathia, like going back to when he, um, was pitching in Cleveland. Um, he was just like utterly dominant for oh. i want to say yep. what feels like at least a decade um yep. you know dominant in cleveland got traded to milwaukee you know i think he brought them to the postseason for the first time in i want to say oh. 15 20 years he literally put that team on his back he, yeah. he pitched every three days yeah after he got traded there he said they're they're because they're pitching it was just him their pitching staff was bare bones and he said yep. He literally said, fuck it, I'm healthy. Oh, there it is. We got to put, put, put the E on it. But I, and, I, and I feel like, you know, it, maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe the documentary will explain it in greater detail, but um, maybe he, I don't know if he grew up in a household that was, um, you know, that involved alcoholism or whatever, and he was just more susceptible to it. But I feel like it's New York um, in any sport is probably one of the most dangerous cities to, or markets to play in if you are at risk of, you know, letting your life slip away. Um, just being the city that never sleeps and, um, you know, prime time almost kind of thing. And, and um, I think, I don't know if that's what, um, you know, brought well, him to, yeah, um, and I guess, I guess we will see, but I'm very, it very intrigued. Uh, it wasn't, he, he's, he's running from something. There's, it's not alcoholism, but you know, there, there was okay. certainly, uh, extenuating circumstances that, uh, and that's what, it, that's the thing, like that I, I watch all these documentaries and the same thing with the tiger one. And I even, I remember like the first, Oh yeah, you I mentioned watched, that right? one too. <laughs> I, I, I remember like the first documentary I watched like this, I had a, uh, an ex who was really into like Bieber at the time, like at his outset, like not really into him, but like I got her his documentary DVD for Christmas and we watched it cause documentaries are interesting, but like, 
I left it feeling bad for the kid. Like he doesn't get to sh to decide when he's too sick to do a show. He doesn't get to decide like when he gets to sleep till what he gets to eat. Like he's just controlled, right? Like he's a yeah. puppet. Yeah. And uh, you, there's a certain element of that with, uh, you know, uh, Tiger Woods and, and the CC thing too. So um, Tiger especially, but uh, yeah, you know, the, these guys are, 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 are rich and they live a great life. And, but you know, if they don't uh, curtail things early, things can spiral out of control. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that CC one, because like I said, I, I think it was probably about a month ago. Um, I forget where I saw it, but there was a promo for it. And I was like, oh, I got to remember that. Um, yep. And then I just completely, um, completely forgot about it. So I will definitely have to watch it. Um, the Tiger one, Woods one, yeah. Like I'm not really that much of a of a golfer. I'm not really into golf, um, other than maybe playing it, but not mm. following it. So I, I don't know about that one as much. But oh, I, okay. I got more for you then. Um, okay. I know we're probably going long on sports, but. Uh, um, the producer's nodding yes. The uh, <laughs> man, I'm not into soccer at all. But a buddy recommended that I watch the. And here's another one: uh, the Diego Maradona. Uh, H, it's another HBO Crave one, and it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. I should have mentioned that earlier. Oh, man, it's unbelievable! Like the shit that he went through, and that uh, like he literally got run out of the country. A, I, I so I, I'm ignorant about soccer football whatever you want to call it i thought diego maradona was italian no he's from um, Argent argentina he just played a lot in italy um, right. but he literally ended up getting run out of the country because he scored a penalty kick against italy in italy in the world like it's just it blew my mind that documentary so add that one to your list too i don't like soccer not into it at all but uh what a great documentary yeah and he he just passed away um yeah yeah not not too long ago right yeah I, over the winter he got the last couple months um it's i think for me still the best um the best documentary i've ever seen from a sports one uh from a sports perspective was um regarding steve bartman and the chicago cubs and now it's oh yeah it's um Oh my god, it's drawing a blank, but it was like Frozen Hell or um, Catching Hell. That's what it's called, Catching Hell. Right. Yes. Yeah. From uh, well, I think it was it was before they won the World Series, so pre twenty sixteen. But that was uh, that was probably my favorite sports documentary coming, like thinking right off the top of my head. So yeah, that I was really uh, good. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that one's that one's uh, excellent. I uh, so I've written down the Diego one, the CC one, and uh, the Tiger one as ones to watch. Maybe I'll give you my uh, documentary review next week. Kind of like a book report, but <laughs> one thousand words or more. <laughs> Okay, so we are going to continue just a little bit um, with respect to baseball talk, uh, but it, it's more of like a fun uh, game. At least I think it's fun. You may not think it's fun, but you're playing anyway, so shut up. And it listen. sounds like fun. <laughs> okay, so um, baseball Hall of Fame um, selections are this week, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, I think at three. And 
I can't, we decided that we can't remember uh, how many get inducted each year. I want to say it's four, but just in case uh, we're wrong, I'm going to say five. So I'm going to, I'm going to read to you or read out loud because I'm going to participate too. Um, 20 names that are eligible and the year of ballot that they're in. And for the listeners, the year of ballot is baseball players can be on a ballot for 10 years. And after that 10th year, if they're not um, inducted, then they, they lose that opportunity. So I'm going to name off the 10 players uh, or 20 players, pardon me. And you just write down their name if you think they should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, You're going to do it too? I'm going to do it too. And uh, don't reveal anything until the 20 names are done. And Don't tell me what. What's that? Don't tell me (laughs) what. You're not not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. I don't think you know who you're dealing with. It's like, remember, (laughs) I say this to Jade all the time. Who do you think you are? I am. Do you remember Scrooge? Yeah, well, okay. a little bit. Okay, so remember Bobcat Goldwith or whatever? Yes, I remember him. He, he's in that movie, and then he goes into the sound room, and he has a shotgun, and he's like, I don't think you know who you're dealing with. <laughs> no, I guess that doesn't really translate all that well on podcasts, but you can laugh sympathetically for me. I am. I okay. am. All right, so I'm just going <laughs> to move on and forget that I hear. I don't think you know who you're dealing with. Um, okay, so player number one, and this is in no particular order, or maybe okay. it is, I don't know. Uh, Kurt Schilling, and I'll give us a few seconds between names. Kurt Schilling, he's in his ninth year of ballot. Next you up. You don't have to get that long. Next up. Well, for yeah, me anyway. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> next up, Roger Clemens in his ninth year. Uh, Barry Bonds in his ninth year. Omar Vizcal in his ninth year fourth year pardon me i'm going to pause right there because i forgot to mention Mm. to you if you write a name down and then you hear another name and you want to replace it that's fine at the end of the exercise you just have to have five oh i got you okay okay yes so um so last up was omar viscal his fourth year uh moving on scott roland uh fourth year i fucking hate scott roland that's just (laughs) a little little teaser into why i think uh, because he's just a an asshole he's just an asshole every like i don't i'd have to you know dig up stories but i just remember hearing stories about <laughs> Toronto when he was in st louis um he was just a you know a, a fig jam kind of right thing, you know? i never knew who to the because that was tony larusa too and i never knew because there were different times when uh like larusa wasn't talking to to roland and then larusa wasn't talking to colby rasmus so i never knew who to i'm sure they're both assholes Okay, so but yeah, Scott, I can Scott see Scott Rowland being a dick. Yeah, he was fucking <laughs> asshole. Um, Billy Wagner, uh, sixth year. Billy Wagner. Gary Sheffield in his seventh year. Uh, Todd Helton in his third year. Manny Ramirez in his fifth year. Jeff Kent in his uh, eighth year, who's also an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrew, yeah, Andrew Jones in his fourth year. Holy shit. Uh, Sammy Sosa in his ninth year. Andy Pettit in his third year. Uh, oh, Bobby Abreu. Bobby Abreu in his uh, second year. Uh, five more. Tim Hudson in his first year. Mark Burley in his first year. Tory Hunter in his first year. Dan Heron in his first year. 
<laughs> I know Dan Heron. Like that sounds I like know. they're just scraping. There are some funny names always scraping. on the Hall of Fame ballot. Um, all you have to do is play ten years, I think, to get on it. Yeah, yeah. Barry Zito coming in at number uh, my nineteenth, uh, his first year on the ballot, and then Aramis Ramirez um, in oh, his first wow. year. Aramis Ramirez. There's a name. That guy was dominant for a few years. Yeah. He was a fantasy baseball. Like, uh, he was when we were in college. He is, that's absolutely. when he was lighting it up. Um, that would have been, I want to say, no, I don't think odds, it was that early. Mid odds. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like mid, like 05 to, to 10, I would say. Hmm. Um, anyway, so there are your 20. Do you have okay. five? I do. It was, ooh, uh, a few of them are easy. Um, there's one name in particular that, like, I know that before this, uh, I, I prefaced our offline conversation saying that like I don't really care about the Hall of Fame, but I remember like seeing a debate and reading up on one person in particular. Okay, so this I, is how we'll do it then. I think should um, be you, uh, I'll let you go first with your first name. I'll tell you if I have this person on this, if I have them on my list, and then I'll tell you who I have on my list, and then you tell me if you know we'll kind of go back okay. and forth. So, so, you, so you serve first, Mark. I serve first. Okay, first and foremost, Roger Clemens. No. <laughs> no. They got like, and there's going to be a theme on my list. Like all those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, okay, but I so, get, I get why they're not. But uh, like, so your, your your quick elevator pitch um, for Roger Clemens. One of the best pitchers in baseball history. Okay. <laughs> all right. Absolute uh, asshole and cheater. Yes, but even before all of that, just like okay. Barry Bonds, didn't okay. need to do any of it. So I don't have Clemens on my list, um, but in keeping up with that theme of assholes and cheaters, uh, my first on my list is Bonds. Wow, okay, <laughs> how can you have one and not the other? Uh, because... Um, Bias, that's all? No, I know, it really is. <laughs> no, and, and there's a small part of me that um, I had the opportunity of seeing Barry Bonds play um, live in oh, Arizona. Wow. And in that game, I saw five home runs and the pitcher, Brett Anderson, um, pitching or starting for the Diamondbacks that game hit a home run as well. So, <laughs> did, did Bonds hit a home Was he one of the five? Oh, he wasn't one of the five. Um, oh, did he play? Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. He did. And I just, a, I've always liked, I've always had a soft spot for the Giants. It's, uh, Me too. I don't, I don't know why. I just do. So, yeah, he's, he's on my list. Right. That's funny. I can't explain why either, but I've always had, uh, I think I had like a hat when I was a kid and then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to like these guys a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so Bonds was my number two. Uh, he should okay. absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. He's such an idiot for cheating, right? Like he's not like, I know that. Insecurity issues. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about Hank Aaron and I truly believe that Hank Aaron is still the home run king. Bonds didn't need to do any of that. Like, God, just so dumb. He wouldn't have broke the home run record without the cheating. Absolutely. Here, so here's a question, though. Even without all those home run records. So it's, um, did you ever watch that documentary? And we're digressing a little bit, but I think it's pertinent to this conversation. Um, did you ever watch the uh, Long Gone Summer documentary? It aired this past summer, and it was the documentary about 1998 and the home run chase between McGuire and Sosa. Yes. That Did is so that? good. It's a great documentary. So um, but it was also mentioned in that documentary that it was after that year that really got under Bond's skin because oh, yeah. he um, he knew something was going on. Uh, just yep. at, the, at, the, at the pace and at the rate that these guys were knocking balls out of the park. Um, and he wasn't getting any love. And so I think that's what really flipped the switch. Um, mm -hmm. 
partially at least into He's a jealous man yeah yeah and he you know he had a he had a very checkered childhood um growing up with his uh with his father bobby and whatnot so i'm sure that didn't help into insecurities and whatnot but anyway that was your number two okay yeah so for you you got clemens bonds i have bonds um so far we're you're adding bonds no no oh, bon- sorry, bonds yeah, was you... my number my number two was uh omar viscal mm, just not smooth, on my list smooth like silk um you know i i, I we talked earlier about cc sabatia and, and i really enjoyed him uh, when he played for the indians and i really enjoyed that team in 97 when they ultimately lost to the marlins but um well, they just a had a really it, it was a great world series they were an exciting young team um you had omar vizcal playing shortstop and it's just he he was just great like he was very every throw it was almost like barry larkin and um Derek jeter after him where you know, in Carlos Correa, even to this extent, um, everything looked effortless when he was going from the hop to first base or the hop to second or flipping a double play or whatever. It just always made it look like anyone can do it. And I really enjoyed watching him for that. Um, that was my number two. He played in Toronto, didn't he? For yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we saw him in spring training, maybe even. Or no, maybe oh, that was... Yeah. No, sorry, that was before. Um, okay. I, I don't think I saw him down there either. Uh, that was my that was my second uh who's on your who's your third on your list uh number third is the one i do biting my teeth because he's just a terrible person and it, by the way omar Vizquel's in a lot of trouble too in terms of like uh, battery uh domestic abuse oh, in, the last, in the last few months but uh re- regardless i hate kurt Schilling because of his politics and he's like a QAnon guy and like a fucking uber right-wing idiot uh but kurt Schilling is awesome he was a great pitcher he's on uh, your list yeah, he's he's on my list. He should be okay. in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, two. So he is part of two of the most impressive World Series teams I've I've ever seen, and one of them is the Red Sox, which I hate to admit, but yep. like the whole bloody sock thing. And I know that there's talk, and I don't even maybe there's even proof now that that might have been fake or maybe just done. To, but remember the bloody sock? No, 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 no. QAnon did not bloody that sock. Right <laughs> I can't that right now. But. I mean, that Red Sox team, obviously, that was uh, the 4 team that came back uh, from 3 nothing down and beat the Yankees and then went on to win the World Series. But also that Arizona Diamondbacks team from 2001 with Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson as that two-headed monster that, right. that uh, also beat the Yankees in the World Series and, you know, overcame Mariano Rivera and that whole Yankees mystique after 9-11. Yep. Um, and Luis Gonzalo just hitting oh, that blooper man. over Jeter. Um, that might have been the best World Series I've ever seen. certainly at least up there in terms of one of the best plays in the world series so um and the one thing that stands out to me with the Schilling and Johnson two-headed monster in Arizona is that to me that feels I feel like that was the first non-organic um uh, dynamic duo that a sports team created you know like because you could say you know you have Messier and and Gretzky in hockey you have Yager and you have uh, Lemieux Um, you have Pippen and you have Jordan but all those are not the same because they were um, they were drafted they were brought in by that organization whereas with the Diamondbacks it was to me anyway it's the first time I can think of a team like non-organically building their team for the playoffs do you know what do you know what I mean like really really creating that um that era of we're going to sign these two players like you know play, uh, short-term game i guess for long-term pain rentals like rentals but, thank you but 
Well, no, that's well, not, like, that's not right because both those guys spent a few years in. Though. Yeah, uh, but a, not career guys, sir. It, absolutely, and I mean to show Schilling's what like he was on that Phillies team in the '93 World Series against the Blue Jays, so he, he pitched a long time too and was good for a long time. Um, Hate him though. Yeah, I just I, I yeah, I mean I can't get past the person thing. Um, but it's the Baseball Hall of Fame. I know, I know. Hall of Fame, and trust I me, I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so Schilling. Um, he's my number three. He's your number three. Okay, my number three is Manny Ramirez. Um, again, Good like call. you know, we talk about list. we we talk about you know. Um, I think we're we're kind of basically getting to the point where we should just say every World Series is awesome because even that 2004 <laughs> World Series, that that whole playoff run. Um, I remember I was at my um, my buddy Chris at his older brother Ryan's house watching game four of that series against the Yankees in the ALCS and then they came back to win four in a row and then eventually went on to beat St. Louis Um, but he he was a huge part of that that team Um, not only for that that um, that World Series but the one in 2007 and then all the years in between where they were they went from you know laughable losers to you know perennial favorites I guess for for the World Series so he kind of he kind of he kind of petered out i would say towards the end of his career um you know like he was kind of like the you know, jerry rice like just holding on to whatever he can in terms of a, of a playing career when he probably should just hung them up um but yeah i mean he I, I in my opinion he deserves to be on there oh absolutely he's one of the best and this isn't hyperbole i'm not going to name or rhyme the stats off everybody can go look them up themselves but he's arguably one of the best right-handed hitters of all time yep uh, he, he's he was a great hitter. Now his, I would argue that his asterisks maybe should be a little bit brighter than guys like Bonds and Clemens, who arguably had pretty good Hall of Fame cases before all that happened. I think the thing with Manny is he gets lumped in as maybe it was like an entire career thing with him, and maybe that's why his, you know, career is what it was is because of uh, PEDs and things like that but so I've always been a big Manny Ramirez apologist I thought he was good for the game I loved his uh I loved his kind of aloof demeanor I know that it probably drove baseball purists nuts but uh any kind of personality that gets shown I think is good uh on a baseball field these days so um the yeah he was he I was don't awesome. think the only reason why I don't think he will or he might have difficulty getting in is because he was not the best defender oh yeah sure but I mean I mean, and there's DHs. I mean, Big Poppy's going to get in, and he didn't defend. Um, yeah. Edgar Martinez is the first DH. I think those. So, but really quick, I know, like, I just there's obviously the argument that he could have been playing, um, pumped up his entire career, but finished with 555 home runs, a career 312 hitter, um, slugging. Wow, really? Slugging, yeah, slugging percentage was 585. Um, oh wow! And RBIs better just, than I thought. Just, then. just yeah. over 1800. So. Uh, yeah, Manny Ramirez. One of the best right-handed hitters of all time. He's on my list too. Okay, uh, number four for you. Uh, oh man, so number four for me is is the guy I was talking about, Billy Wagner. Oh, uh, dominant, dominant closer throughout the late '90s and the odds. I remember him with the Astros. Yeah. Uh, look at his numbers too, man. One of the best closers of all times by all the metrics that closers are measured by, and he just gets lost in like the discussion. Uh, Billy Wagner absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he, he was one of the best at his position for a long time. Well, I mean, 422 a, saves. Right. Where does that rank him? Um, 
No, I don't know. Finish your thought and I'll find out. Oh, I had, damn it. Um, but I could fill in. But anyways, yeah, uh, Lights Out guy. I remember just happening to read uh, a headline about him and the case for him last year or a couple of years ago. And I thought, hey, I remember Billy Wagner. He was really good. Uh, so I clicked on it and and the, the article sold me and uh, the stats that it made sold me. Again, I'm not... Uh... Six all time. Yeah, right. Yeah. So should... And six. And he was about 15 more saves away from being in the top four. So who's ahead of him? Obviously uh, Rivera, Hoffman. Yeah, uh, uh, Lee, Lee Smith. Yeah, Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. And uh, so two two guys. Troy uh, No, no. Um, number four is someone who's best known for his years with the Angels. Um, and then finished with the Mets, or at least I think he finished with the Mets, or at least oh, played K-Rod. for the Mets. K Rod. And then number five um, played for the Mets as well. John oh, Franco. Good, yeah, good old lefty. So. Yeah, see, all the, well, I don't think Franco's in the Hall of Fame, and obviously uh, Gayrod isn't, but I, I, our, man, Billy Wagner was dominant for the time he was in the league. Yeah. Okay, so that, that was your number four? Well, and with Manny, that's my five. That was five. Well, how come I have two more to do then? Well, because we agreed on Manny. Oh, okay, okay. So I got two more then. So I've got Andy Pettit mm-hmm. um, on there as number four. I mean, what's your elevator pitch for him? Um, Aside from the scandal um, with the steroids and whatnot, as someone who absolutely loathed the Yankees, um, <laughs> he was just had he had ice in his veins. He was just every time he took the bump, he was kind of like, for me, he was kind of like Greg Maddox. And I know that's um, a high uh, order to fill when you're comparing someone to Greg Maddox, but I compare him to Greg Maddox in the sense that he looked completely unfazed each and every time he was on the bump. Um, obviously had some success too with the Yankees and then he played for my Astros and didn't uh, oh, yeah, didn't, didn't bring um, too much success there but still um, well I, they went to a World Series with him yeah but then they um, didn't he know. win the Cy Young that year too I think I he might have uh, in Houston I don't yeah, think, I think no, it, I maybe think so. perhaps I don't know that's not my that's not part of my elevator pitch so <laughs> <laughs> man I must say that is a good elevator pitch though because uh, you made like I think that comparison to Maddox is is apt. I think you're right. Like he, uh, when you said that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. He never really seemed like a guy who was phased, and he, and he really never was or needed to be because he was always incredible in the playoffs. Well, and you think about it too. Like he always, I mean, given the amount of time that he played with the Yankees and how many big games they were in um, in October and November, like he was in numerous situations in his career where he had to face those high stress um, scenarios and he got through them just fine. I'm sure there was a few, the odd dust up where he got, you know, where he got, um, you know, let, let in a few runs or whatever. But at number five for me is, uh, I feel like I might be going off the, the, uh, the board with this one, but I really, I've, all, I've always liked this player, um, even when he played for the White Sox and Mark Burley. Um, now Mark Dirt Burley did uh, was a part of that 05 team that swept the Astros um, but he had a perfect game um, one thing that I always um, admired about Burley uh, much like Halliday was that their um, their time in between pitches was so low oh, and it, like, it uh, like it, oh it was great to watch because not only um, see, it's that's a fine line to walk because you could be really fast in between your pitches and um, it makes the game go by however long you're in the game, but you could be also giving up a lot of hits and giving up a lot of runs. But he did that consistently every start where like I think the average game 
length when he pitched was like just over just under two hours which is remarkable um and he had the career that he did uh, won the Cy Young won the World Series um was always looked at as that you know that uh, that skid snapper you know that losing streak snapper he was always a one-two um player absolutely yeah, yeah he was my number um, five to tie that up uh, the Pettit thing. Pettit did not win a Cy Young in Houston. Roger I didn't Clemens, think so. Roger Clemens won two. That's yeah, that, where I was. But up. Clemens won two in with the Jays, or did he win them when he was with the Astros? Roger Clemens has seven Cy Youngs. Oh fuck! Like yeah, he should right. be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> like uh, he won two with the Jays, two with Houston, and then um, the rest the, with the Yankees, three with the Yankees. No, I guess no, because oh, he Red won Sox uh, the Red that. Sox. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. So yeah. Um, <sighs> I guess my honorable mention, man, there's some good names on this list. I've always thought Jeff Kent, again, statistically, he's up there amongst the best second baseman uh, offensively of all time. Um, notorious dickhead. Like him and him and uh, Barry Bonds on the same team, on those Giants teams, uh, were notorious for like... Oh, and they, they got caught fighting. Yeah, it was uh, former Blue Jay, though, too, Jeff Kent. Yeah, that's right. Um, names like... Uh, like I think a case can be made for Scott Rowland. Guys like Sosa and like I loved Sammy Sosa and with Mark McGuire, kind of like one-dimensional guys. Like I know they had that year, but well, and that's I, the thing. If you remember watching that Long Gong Summer, like Sammy Sosa um, was not um, a danger in the lineup up until you know 97, 98, 99. Like he only had a three, uh, maybe four might be generous, but a three or four-year stretch where he was. You know a feared hitter but he and who knows he might have corked his bat too there's allegations of that as well plus the oh he got busted for that that happened yeah, yeah exactly. uh, i was watching that game live because that was uh so that race happened when um when the old roses sold the farmstead and moved into metropolitan picton and got cable for the first time so that meant <laughs> that meant wgn and that meant all the the white so or the oh, cubs right. game yeah yeah and here's sammy sosa hitting all these dingers and then you know, but I was literally watching that game when I don't know, I can't remember the team or the manager or whatever, but they, they wanted to look at Sosa's back at that and they cracked it open and found it. And there was a whole thing. That was a big discussion in Major League Baseball. That was, yeah, crazy story. Um, so my, uh, my honorable mention, I would have to say would be um, Todd Helton. Uh, now granted Man, he, he played for a while too. He was though, he, you know, of the list here, um, he finished with 369 home runs. His career batting average was 316. Um, wow, he did, he did that's ben- the thing. He was a batting title machine. Yeah, but he he you know he obviously benefited by playing in that thin air too in Colorado. So uh, I, I don't like that argument though because then, then they shouldn't have put a team there. If that shouldn't count, no, no fair they, enough. They, they should never put a team there. Sorry, no, no, that no, wasn't I, at you. That no, just- and I I agree with you. But there are those that would obviously you know oh Larry Walker and you know Arenado these days and Helton before um, they benefited from that thin air. It's like well I don't think that's like the fact that he still was able to play and provide an advantage to his team for all those years must mean something, right? He was another uh, fantasy uh, kind of stud. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. Because he was automatic for 300 and 200 hits, and just yeah, what a batting title! It seems like every year he freaking played. 
That was a good little exercise, man. That was yeah. A good idea. So we are, uh, you know, just going back to the this trivial is a baseball pursuit. podcast. Yeah, pretty Who much. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. <laughs> so if we're going back to our trivial pursuits, um, cards, we've touched on geography, um, history, um, arts and literature, <laughs> debatable, science and nature, sports and leisure, entertainment. Okay, I've got one game um, that I'd like to play with you, and, and I'll play along as well. But uh, if you can think of anything scientific that you've heard, perhaps, then... Uh, uh, Science and nature? Oh, yeah, that's easy. Okay, perfect. So I have no no idea how many of these questions there are, but it's uh, fact versus fake. Uh, right. So I'm going to provide you with three headlines, and you tell me, we'll, I guess, decide together, or you can take the first one, I can take the second one. Maybe we'll do that. Um, do you know the answers? Me. I don't. I don't. Okay. Um, I, haven't, I haven't moved forward. Um, at any rate, I'll give you three headlines, and you pick the uh, the real headline of the three. Okay. All right. So headline number one is ghost is caught stealing bagels from local bakery <laughs> in 2015. Uh, headline number two is 101 year old man finishes marathon back in 2013. And number three, werewolf buys five hundred dollar glasses so he can see the full moon. <laughs> oh man, I have like I really want it to. The only one that makes sense is the second one, but I bet you, I bet you the last one is the real one because there's an idiot who thinks he's a werewolf and thinks he needs to spend five hundred dollars to see the fucking okay. whatever so it's that one my answer is number three yes you know what you're right according to the bbc a man <laughs> named uh Fawa singh ran a 10k race in a one hour and 32 minutes the, the human body is amazing wait so that's number two i got that wrong yeah no you got uh, that was headline number two 101 year old man finished his marathon right i said number three though the werewolf dude oh oh sorry that's okay i i didn't okay. want to take the points when so i so can i spot the so for my turn now, can I spot the real headline? Headline number one, Sir, <laughs> Sir John A. McDonald said, don't believe everything you see on TV. Okay. Uh, headline number two, mm. seven-year-old lives on Mars, has amazing space garden. Okay. And boy rescued after tongue gets stuck to frozen pole. Where did you get, where, where are we playing here? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should have maybe vetted this a little bit more. <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs> Let's just scroll up to the top. That one was pretty oh, easy. Okay, actually. you know what? It's CBC Kids. So, <laughs> is that a plug? Are they a sponsor? Is this your way of tying in uh, an endorsement? Oh man, that's awful. This episode of uh, another podcast, the podcast, is brought to you by CBC Kids. Now featuring, okay. I don't know. All right, so. Um, okay. <laughs> You want me to pivot to uh, uh, leisure or uh, science and nature? Yeah, please something rescue me from been, this embarrassment. Something that, and it'll be quick, something that's been saving me uh, the last little week. I've got a new little routine. Mm. I've noticed myself living too sedentary lifestyle. I'm inside too much, not moving, not even walking. So I'm, I've at least gotten outside and walked every day. I do uh, a morning walk and a night walk, uh, 5,000 steps each each one of those, oh, so I can get, get my 10,000. I am surprised how long I have to walk to get to even 5,000 steps. Like it's 40, 45 minutes um, just for 5,000 steps. So apparently the human, the humans, humans are supposed to, <laughs> humans are supposed to get about 10,000 steps a day at least uh, of walking. Uh, I come nowhere near that before I tried, so. 
Do you have? I just noticed being outside even helps. No, I do this all like my steps are recorded. <laughs> I count them the... when I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> One, two. People think everybody, I'm crazy. Everybody says hi to you. No, don't don't talk to that. <laughs> don't talk to that Mark Rose guy. The crazy county guy. <laughs> he's like he's like squirrel eyes in that movie. <laughs> what's, what's that movie called? That's anyway. Mr. Deeds, I think. That's right. Yes. Um, no, I just it records it. I keep my phone in my front pocket and the health app on uh, the Apple iPhone. Um, all right re records all the steps so just a little thing that i've done and i feel like just being outside because i have been pent up inside and you know different bouts of anxiety and stuff that's kind of curved and i'm okay with covid anxiety and things these days but just from a pure health standpoint i've noticed i need to get more fresh air so it's if you're not walking and just doing simple things like that geez it makes a big difference yeah i've um since i had my fitbit i've been um oh you got one nice yeah i got one for christmas and nice um, so I've been trying to get to 10,000, but to your point, yes, it's very hard. Um, remember in our old, um, our, our previous iteration of a podcast we used to do on this day, um, on this day, mm. or I think maybe we did that on the website and I think it might've yes. been on the website. Yeah. I recall that. Yeah. Um, so I figured, you know what? I just typed in today, um, for on this day, January 25th, uh, in Let's see, let's pick one here. In 1554, um, the city of Sao Paulo in Brazil was founded. No, uh, Brazil uh, seems hot, seems too hot there for me. Have ever visit? Yeah, too too hot. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I would never, I could never, I couldn't do it. Remember the Rio Olympics, the, the Olympics were in Rio and I remember the lead up to that was like, are they safe? Because like the water where the rowing is happening is like dirty and contaminated because oh, yeah. I think the Olympics were just manufactured on like a fucking garbage dump or something. You know what? It's, um, I do remember that actually. It's like, I, they, they, that's all that, you know, I've, you said this before, but I agree this, that, that Olymp like Olympics in general is, can take up a whole podcast just because of the corruption, um, oh. the devastating effect that it leaves on a local economy after it's left, you know, Rio de Janeiro would be one, but, um, it, it's just even, even Calgary. I mean, when, when, uh, if you remember down on 16th Ave by COP, that's where the 88 Olympics were held. But mm -hmm. if you remember down that, like, remember it was by the Taco Bell there. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, uh, it's just like, it's just a rundown part of town. Like, you know, but you know, as far as yeah, I can see motels that aren't used. Um, yeah, what's the name of that like little air enclave of Bo Calgary? It's uh, Bow Valley. Bow Valley, yeah. Yeah, Bow Valley. Hmm. Anyways. Well, There's geography Brazil. again. That's Brazil, yeah. <laughs> there you go, yeah, where you go, man. That, that ties that in nicely, I think. Um, entertainment, um, sports are entertaining. Anything that you watch or hear or listen to, you mentioned last week that you and Jade are trying to see uh, things through that you start a show. Yeah, we, um, we're into, we're about halfway through the second season of um, of The Crown, which oh, nice. I, I, I can't stop thinking about. It. I'm, I'm at work during the day and all I'm thinking about is The Crown. Oh. Um, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna watch some after tonight, but the one thing I also noticed as well, and you may have noticed this too on Netflix, is it seems like every day now there's a new documentary. And, and I was joking with Jade last time, like, go, go fucking figure. Like, we're perennial. We're we're known for like not being able to find something to watch, and then we finally start watching something and sticking to it. And then all of a sudden, Netflix decides to start putting out something every day. 
Um, <laughs> that's like of our interests, like, you know, right. um, true crime. And so we've added a bunch to our queue, but no, we're just watching The Crown right now. So, nice. um, but it's uh, everything about that show, the, the, the set design, the costumes, the acting, it's just, it's one of the best made shows I think I've ever watched if you haven't watched it I would recommend it I think I said that last week as well but I'll say it again fuck yeah I feel like I'm one of the few people that hasn't uh watched it even my mom is watching it now uh she you need to really you need, it's it's amazing kind of thing, but it's amazing um there's just like, so much ahead like on my list like, I, just, I rearranged my living room yesterday out of boredom and oh, I there you go. the list I started uh, at the outset of the lockdown like the first lockdown of things I need to catch up on and I haven't even put a dent in it yeah, I would recommend it. Um, at least give the first episode a shot. But hmm. well, that was a uh, that was a fun little episode. Yeah, man, we crammed in a lot. I think we did. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? You're not on the social media, are you? Uh, no, I'm not on the social media. The one thing I, I will say in terms of art and entertainment, uh, I spent the weekend getting into. Um, I'm not a country music fan by any means. I went through a phase in a much younger version of myself. Uh, kind of hard respect, to avoid where you live. Yeah, exactly. And still, uh, still respect like the odd. Uh, like I would say, you have to be quasi-country now to be considered listening. But anyways, a, a guy by the name of John Prine died in uh, the fall of COVID-19, and he was a pretty revered guy. Like a lot of people that I respected on my Twitter timeline when I was still on Twitter back at the time. Um, kind of like we're like just talking about how great of a songwriter and everything he was and so uh on spotify they have these like on your radar random songs that they'll recommend maybe check out and i was listening to one randomly and i liked it and i looked on my phone who's this and it was john prine and man that's all i've listened to since is i've just kind of dove into his catalog and uh, i'm eating it all up like it's uh i'm super into john prine now everybody was right He's, how uh, do you how do you say his last name or how do you spell his last name it's prine p-r-i-n-e just Prime with an R, yeah, John Prime. So he's okay. he's in the vein of like uh, like a Johnny Cash, like um, even a Randy Newman. I don't know if you're familiar with Randy Newman. You're just saying names that I think are made up at this point. <laughs> no, Randy Newman is a uh, he's a really like geez, he's he writes a lot of music for movies and things like that. Hmm. Um, he's got a very distinct sound, and and so does uh, so does obviously Johnny Cash and Johnny Prime. So. Uh, it's not going to be for everybody, but man, he's... Is there uh, a particular awesome. song of his that you would uh, have me listen to first? Uh, like Paradise or Legal Smile or I Remember <laughs> Everything, Angel from Montgomery. Yeah, well, Angel from Montgomery, I think, is his best known one, but it's not the one that kind of got me into him. The one that got me into him was a song by the name of Clay Pigeons, which he didn't uh, write, which is hilarious because he's an incredible songwriter, but... Uh, it's a really good song and the other one is actually uh, a duet he does with Casey Musgraves that called Cat, uh, Mental Cruelty, which I really, really like. So he, like some of his songs are like really serious and on the nose, like actually his most poignant song is probably a song called Sam Stone, which is about a guy that comes back from Vietnam and ends up killing himself and because of the PTSD and stuff like that. Oh, shit. But then he also writes songs about like, you know, if I leave you, who's going to take out your garbage? Like literally. <laughs> So like, I love that kind of stuff, right? Like, don't take yourself too seriously. So oh, there's, that's awesome. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's, he's just, he's just good. Um, so not a recommendation or anything. That's just what I've been into uh, since last podcast. I Can't will, um, I, I will give it, uh, I will give it a shot. Um, there was a, um, 
I was watching SNL not too long ago, and there was a an artist that was one of the guest features, um, Morgan Wallen. Have you heard of Morgan Wallen? Yes. So yes. there's a song Seven Summers, and it's country, but it's good. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it's really good. Seven Summers, like the number Seven Summers by Morgan Wallen. So. Okay. There we go. I think we come full circle, Mark. There you go, man. We um, are uh, just people of the world. That's like right. We... I would say that if you do listen to this on whatever uh, podcasting platform, leave a comment, rate us, tell us how much you love hearing us talk baseball. <laughs> well, uh, it's each one of those ratings means usually, I don't know what it is for you, but I saw like an extra of thousands of dollars. $25,000 $25, bump last week. Yeah, easy. A couple ratings, easy. So. Yeah. they go a long way that twenty five thousand was from someone who didn't even put in a complete thought it was right. like half yeah. a thought like he didn't even finish the sentence and we still got that so yeah um, you, know, you know just think about if you actually left the full sentence <laughs> um all right mark well until next week i hope you have a, a, a great week likewise to it and at it sir and we will uh, see you all uh, on the next episode bye mm-hmm.